Hi there. And again, welcome. This is Road to Reality, the radio ministry of GFA. Our program speaker is Brother K.P. Yohannan. The foundation of today's study can be found here in the book of Acts. When a team is looking for a head coach or a company is on the search for a CEO, they want the best of the best or those most qualified to get things done, right? Well, God has something else in mind when he's putting his team together. You see, he's on a search for those who will follow him at any cost. He's looking for a mighty minority. With more, here's KP. Book of Acts is so significant because this is where we see the first generation Christian, the church, in action. It covers some 30 years of history, obviously, but there is life and movement and action and verb and, and all the excitement in the world and suspense. I mean, you can make 10,000 movies out of this if you want to. It is so fantastic. I went to seminary in Dallas and learned five and a half years and got my degrees and all those things. I remember one of the books I had to study was Book of Acts. But it was all about history, all about the Greek and, and the tense and all this stuff and all kind of stuff. And, you know, by the time they finished teaching Book of Acts, I said, what on earth is this? But the Lord would ask me to go back and read the Book of Acts, not for getting a degree, but to see life in it. And my life was revolutionized. And you see, we always need absolute. If you do not know law saying you should not steal, you should not do this thing, how do you know what you should do, what you should not do? The same way, there are absolutes through life living examples God gave to you and gave to me that we can say, wow, this means this. And this is how I can imitate, I can follow. And that's the reason why I like the book of Acts very much. You know, brothers and sisters, there's a false thinking that God's heroes are some special breed of people, some superstars, those who are, you know, having the high IQs and special look and uh, certain caste they come from or background. When you read this book, you will find it is not like that. The weak, the simple, the nobodies, the common folks that came into this relationship with Jesus Christ, the risen Lord, they became revolutionaries as a matter of fact. And you read in the book of Acts chapter 17, verse 6, this fantastic verse. These, those who have turned the world upside down, they have come here also. Now in Philip's translation says, these world revolutionaries have come here also. Think about it. In the words of Keith Green, a dear friend who now is with the Lord, God is calling us to be just all out crazy for Jesus. There's nothing what people call normal is the way we should be living. We are outrageous, wacko, crazy people, not dumb, stupid. I don't mean that way. But there is something about our way of life. They turned the world upside down, not because they were famous and rich and smart and good-looking and movie stars. No. They had such impact upon the generation in their workplace, in the marketplace, in all circumstances, just by the way of life. 
It was so contagious. And I believe even today, there is a kind of life I think the Lord is calling us for. And this will not happen without paying the price and making some choices. God never commit himself at random to anyone. He waits for us to respond and willing to count the cost. Jesus could never save the world without embracing the cross and going after the cross. That's what the Bible says. We want to be like Jesus, world revolutionaries, impact our children, our grandchildren, our society, just by saying nice spiritual words and knowing all the doctrines. It never happens. It's a way of life. And often, we do not want that because it costs us something. Namely, giving up our self-centeredness. But for the joy that is there when we make those choices is outrageous. Now, starting from book of Acts chapter 1, in the very chapter 1 we find the first verse about things Jesus began to do and to teach and all those things. Now the journey must continue. Jesus began and then he is asking us to continue the journey. Fulfill the suffering of Christ, Paul said, through his life and his commitment. Now, here's the thing. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 28, verse 18, Jesus said to the disciples, All authority is given to me. Now, you fellows, go. I'm with you. I mean, think about these weak little people. Thomas was one of those fellows. You remember the doubting Thomas? He came to India to my village. As a matter of fact, when I was studying in seminary, they handed over this big, huge um, church history book and was flipping through that. And I found under the church planting era of India the name of my own village, N-I-R-A-N-A-M, Niranam. That is where I was born, a tiny little village in the southern part of India. He came to India in AD 52, planted seven churches, and one of those churches happened to be three kilometers from where I was born and raised. You know what? That makes me a better Christian. <laughs> I mean, today I go to uh, Philippines or China or India or Burma, anywhere. I go to the airport and get on those 747, you know, jets and zoom. Here I go, you know, I mean, a few hours I'm landing on the other side of the globe. But it was not so for Thomas. Ask the question. Who paid him to travel like that? What was the salary? What life insurance? Who told him, I will stand by you? I mean, you think about those things. In the end, after planting those churches, he was murdered for preaching the gospel. He laid down his life. What motivated him to offer his life as a living sacrifice? It was an encounter with the living Christ. And those who know the Lord will want to continue run the race no matter where they are. And again, Jesus telling in verse 8, chapter 1, verse 8, by the way, I'm just going through different chapters, so just stay with me. When you receive the power, he said, you know, you wait. When the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will receive power, and you will become my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost, the ends of the earth. Now, here's the thing that I want to say to you. If Holy Spirit comes upon you, you will have a holy goal to someone else. 
You know, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, if you are baptized in the Holy Spirit, don't look for goosebumps. <laughs> you know, I'm tired of this false gospel that some people are preaching. You know, when the Holy Spirit come upon you, you will fall down, you scream, you crawl like a snake and bark. I don't know this stuff. <laughs> but I'm telling you, Jesus said this. When he comes, he will take the things of mine and he will reveal them to you. He will never talk about himself. When a preacher or a pastor or anyone anywhere glorify the Holy Spirit, promote the Holy Spirit, all about this, all about that, and Jesus is left out, you can be sure this guy is off the wall. <laughs> California talk. <laughs> because the job of the Holy Spirit is to lift up Jesus. And the power is given not to feel nice Good feelings about it, although that is wonderful. I remember the time I was baptized in the Holy Spirit many years ago back in India, all alone praying in the room. And I tell you, I was so filled with His grace and love in there. And I said, Lord, stop it. I can't handle it anymore. If Jesus asked me to jump off from a 10-story building, I would have done it. I loved Him so much. I couldn't stop loving Him. That was a result of my being baptized in the Holy Spirit, not jumping up and down, screaming and crawling like a snake. And I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, if the disciples needed the power of the Holy Spirit, after being taught three and a half years by Jesus himself, God himself, you tell me how much you and I need the Holy Spirit. It is our birthright. Please remember that. And he is waiting and willing to give you the power, the Holy Spirit. You know, by the way, I was asking the Lord to give me power to preach the gospel. I was not praying for tongues. Although I spoke in tongues that I never learned before, which was not my orientation. But for me, that sort of happened. But I'm telling you that the call of the Lord upon our life is to demonstrate Jesus to others through the power of the Holy Spirit. This is a revolutionary concept and a revolutionary life. You're listening to The Road to Reality with K.P. Yohannan. We'll be back in just a moment with the second half of today's message. Today, we'd like to tell you about the many widows and abandoned children in South Asia. And maybe you didn't realize it, but widows in this area of the world are often blamed for their husband's death and viewed as cursed. Subsequently, they're left to fend for themselves, often seen searching for food in waste dumps, making their homes with trash. Abandoned children face similar challenges. So if you would like to reach out in love to them, we would encourage you to get a hold of us. You see, their situation can improve with your assistance. Simply go to theroadtoreality.org and learn how to give to the widows and abandoned children of South Asia. Now, this will serve to provide for a GFA-supported national worker who will then reach out and help these dear women and children. Again, we're at roadtoreality.org. Or call us, if that's preferred, 866 866- 946-2742. That's 866-946-2742. For our Canadian residents, you can reach us at roadtoreality.ca or call 888-946-2742. Well, as promised, once again, here's KP. 
I remember my wife in Germany as a young girl came to know the Lord. After a couple of years, 13 or 14 at that time, she was baptized in the Holy Spirit. And I tell you what, that changed her life so much as a young girl studying in Germany. She would go on the streets and witnessing to people. And while she was in high school, she led over 20 young people to Christ and started a Bible study for those lost German young people that came to know Jesus Christ. She was so moved with the burden for the lost. While she was born in a very high, affluent, nice German family, they want her to learn the graces of the high society, the dancing, all those stuff. She said to her mom and dad, Jesus called me to be a missionary. I cannot drink this stuff. I cannot be part of any of those things. And you know what she did? She took an American Indian, a South American Indian coin, and put a hole, a drill a hole through that and put a string and tied it around her neck. Every morning she stood before the mirror. She sees the American Indian head, the coin, which reminded her, you are called to be a missionary to serve God. And her sister, two girls, the month, every month her parents give both of the same amount of money. Her sister would go and spend the money on buying a new dress and this and that, all kind of trinkets. But Gisela, a young 14-year-old girl, 15-year-old girl, 16-year-old girl, she will take that money and never spend it on chocolate and chewing gums and all kind of funny stuff. She would collect the money, eventually would send it to Wycliffe Missionary working in South America. That was a journey she made as a result of knowing Jesus and being filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, some individual who say, I know Jesus and have no concern to pray for some people out there. I have great trouble in understanding them. I'm not saying we are all called to be preachers and, you know, miracle workers. No, I'm not saying that. But, you know, the ministry that you and I have may be different. But there need to be that concern for others that do not know the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, we move to the book of Acts chapter 2. Find these people again. Now there you have this Holy Spirit coming upon the people and what a wonderful um, event to witness and watch. And then you will find the preaching take place. Verse 41. You can read the whole chapter by way tonight. Don't go to bed. Just stay and read the Bible. And um, yeah, you will find 3,000 people. What, a, what an incredible thing to happen. Uh, in the midst of all the difficulties. Peter of all the people. Who denied Jesus. I don't know this man you're talking about. Now he stands up. With a whole bunch of others. And preaching the gospel. He was no more alone. There's unity. Others standing with him. You know my brothers and sisters. The body of Christ. We work as a unit. There is tremendous power. When there is unity. You know every morning. My wife and I. With my son and his wife. And my daughter. After breakfast, we sit together and we pray specifically for things that the Lord has given to us. We agree on things. We talk about things. Why don't you start doing that? You'll be amazed and surprised what God will do. In a fellowship like this, don't be a spectator saying, Oh, thank God they're taking care of my kids. Thank God they're taking care of my teenagers. Hey, listen, plug your life into something with some commitment. It may cost you something, but it's worth my brothers and sisters, you know, in the years past when I was in North India, in the winter time, you know, December, January, it's very cold, no heat, nothing, and it just, you know, you, you shiver through the night. But what we used to do, we get 
one of these, this iron ball, and we put coal in it, you know, this large black coal in it, and we start fire. And this thing really catch fire. It all turned kind of blue flame in the end. And, and through the whole night, the thing keep our room warm for little fellows like me those days, you know, weighing 70 pounds. I ate too many hamburgers in America. Now, but you know what? Think about your life like one of those black, big chunk of coal. You can stay out or you can stay in. Why don't you walk into the fire? It will change you. It will give you warmth. The struggles and pain and agony and concerns and suspicions and all the stuff that you're dealing with will melt away. You will find others are going the same struggles. They care about you. And we come together for the purpose of Jesus, not for self-centered reasons. And try that out. You'll be amazed how God will move in you and through you. I remember the story from Himachal Pradesh that some time ago it happened. Some of our brothers went out to do some open-air preaching, and a bunch of people began to stone them. And it was really getting difficult. I mean, I've been stoned. Uh, stoned not on drugs, by the way. I'm talking about real. <laughs> you're really throwing stones. And honestly, I ran many times as they were throwing rocks at me. And now I remember, if I could run like that now, I could win the gold medal in Olympics. <laughs> and, and, and these brothers, they had no way to escape. And one brother spoke up as loud as he could. Please, just give us five minutes, that's all. Then you can kill us. Then they all stopped. He got up on a higher ground, on a piece of stone, something like that, and he began to tell about Jesus. You know what happened? The five minutes extended to 30 minutes, and 21 people on the street weeping, coming forward, kneeling before them, asking forgiveness, and they want to know more about Jesus. Sometimes we run away on the face of difficulty, saying that they're going to reject me, they're going to throw me out, they're going to kill me. If I give a tract, what they will do to me? Hey, listen, don't be afraid. Jesus said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. And give your life away and see what God will do with that. And this is absolutely beautiful. All right, let's go to chapter 3. You know the chapter. In chapter 3, we read about the healing of the crippled beggar. This guy was sitting there begging for alms. And of course, you know, Peter and John says, you know, we don't have any money to give to you. But in the name of Jesus, you get up and walk. (laughs) They had more faith. But I tell you what, it really happened. It really happened. You know, some stories I'm a little nervous to tell Americans because they think this is really wacko. It can't be really true, you know. But God is still in the business of touching the lives of people and changing them forever. In Punjab, some of the brothers were preaching the gospel one evening and a bunch of extremist radicals, they brought a man to them bound up in large chains and said, this man is mad, he is mentally deranged, he is demon-possessed, as you people talk about, would you please pray for this man so he can be healed? And of course, you know, our brothers looked at the situation and said, oh dear me, what are we going to do? And uh, it's an amazing thing, the reality of Christ's presence. And he 
sincerely believed this is true. And as he was going to pray for this demon-possessed man, the Lord whispered to him, I will show myself mighty tonight. And he laid hand on this man. The whole hell broke loose. This man snapped all the chains. He was not demon-possessed. He was a normal human being. This radical anti-Christians to make a mockery of Christ's name, put him, chained him, and, and wrap him up in these chains and brought to the preacher so that he will pray and then they will declare, you see, you see what these people have done? This is a normal human being to make a mockery of the name of Jesus. But as he stretched his hand, the whole thing, the guy really got completely uh, wacko. And then they realized what was going on. Then this brother took the microphone and said, you see, we had no knowledge what you guys were doing. Of course, the whole crowd became totally crazy. And then these fellows who brought them said, please forgive us, do something about it, do something about it. Then our brother said, you know what? If all your gods, any of your gods, all of them together, can set this man free and heal him, I will stop preaching and go after your God. I mean, you can imagine, this is a real story. In the end, this brother would pray, and the Lord heals the man. That was the beginning of one of the churches in the community. You tell me about Jesus being alive. He is not dead. You know what? Other day, my colleague David Carroll and I, myself, we were in the American Airlines flight, and uh, uh, by the grace of David Carroll, we got bumped up to first class, and I was quite happy. I was working on my notes and everything. Sitting next to me is this lady. She was sneezing and, you know, wiping her nose. And I turned to her and said, um, you seem to be not doing so well, sick. She said, yeah, I'm sick. I got a cold. And uh, then I found out she's a high-powered lawyer, travels all over the world and all kind of stuff. And um, I said, um, let me pray for you. She said, would you? And she kept her eyes open like a monkey all the time. <laughs> I laid my hand on her and, and prayed for her, saying, Lord Jesus, you are our Savior. I preached the gospel through pray, praying for her. Lord, would you just touch her and heal her? As she was leaving the plane, she said, I feel so good. I said, I will send you some materials to read. And I got her address so I can send her some gospel tracts and stuff. Obviously, she doesn't know the Lord. Wherever you may be, in the bus, in the train, Standing to buy hamburger at In-N-Out or uh, Burger King or wherever, uh, or supermarket. Uh, your neighbor, when you run into people, those who look sad and gloomy and sick, listen, those are opportunities God is giving you to minister in the name of Jesus. You're listening to The Road to Reality with K.P. Yohannan. Think of this. There are more than 57 million widows living in Asia right now, and many of them receive little, if any, help from their relatives as they care for their children. In fact, they're often found on the street begging. But there's something that you and I can do to help. Through GFA-supported Widows and Abandoned Children's Ministry, you can help alleviate the many struggles that they face. To learn more about this, stop by roadtoreality.org. Again, we're at roadtoreality.org. Or you can give us a call, toll-free, 
866-946-2742. Again, 866-946-2742. Or in Canada, it's 888-946-2742. Or or simply go to roadtoreality.ca on the web. We'll have another encouraging message from K.P. Yohannan for you next weekend here on The Road to Reality. In the meantime, be looking for opportunities to share God's love.